HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Today's program is proudly brought to you by Whole Foods Market. Visit wholefoodsmarket.com or download the Whole Foods Market app to learn more and find the store nearest to you. I'm HRN Communications Director Kat Johnson with a preview of this week's episode of Meat in 3, HRN's weekly food news roundup. This week, we're focusing on water. You'll hear some disturbing news from an NYC investigative reporter. Here lies the problem, how much we don't know about water tanks. Katie Kiefer reports on water woes in the heartland. Their water is heavily polluted with nitrates, which are coming from agricultural chemical applications on fields and running off into their water table. And we'll check in with Dave Arnold, who's about to open a new bar that will serve some pretty fancy H2O. It is hardcore. So pour up a tall glass of ice water and be refreshed by this week's episode of Meat in 3, available on heritageradionetwork.org, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to HR and Happy Hour. It's five o'clock somewhere, and somewhere is Bushwick. I'm Kat Johnson. I am the communications director here at HRN. Katie is out this week. She's actually accepting um, a really great award. She's been named 40 Under 40 uh, in food policy by Hunter College Food Studies Program. So congrats to Katie. We're super proud of her. Congratulations, Katie. That is Hannah Forden. Hey, happy Thursday. Um, We have our new intern, Ariha Sattelvad, in the studio with us. Hi, Ariha. Hey. It's her first day. This is very exciting. She's getting thrown right into the lion's den with us. Uh, our engineer, David Tatashore, is in the booth, as always, making us sound great. That's me. No applause? Uh, you know. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, our guests today we're super excited about are, um, we have two guests, and they're both from California, and they brought the nice, beautiful California weather with them. We have Brian Kenny, who is with Hearst Ranch. Howdy. Hi, Brian. Howdy. Hearst Ranch me. is a long, long, long time supporter of Heritage Radio Network, so we're glad that you came out and hung out with us today. Our other guest is Catherine Spires. Hi. I said Spires, right? Yes, you did. Thank you so much. You're welcome. <laughs> uh, Catherine is a food writer. She's written for many publications, and um, most importantly, she's the host of the podcast Smart Mouth. Yes. So another podcaster in the studio with us. Podcast unity. Yes, absolutely. Um, so we're going to get to talking uh, more with Catherine and Brian in just a moment, but um, we are going to kick it off with headlines. 
Uh, we were celebrating Negroni Week this week on the food scene. Um, uh, Michael Harlan Trakel was joined by Souther Teague from the Speakeasy. And um, we learned about the Negroni's bitter past with Gary Gazregan, um, which is super interesting. Negronis. Negronis. Yeah, I only had two. Only two? Yeah. The week is young. It's only Thursday. Yeah. I mean that day. It's a whole yeah. week of Negronis. Yeah. Um, another great thing happening on the airwaves currently is that Sam Ben Ruby is once again doing Women in Wine Month on the Grape Nation. Um, he did this you last mean year. Women in Wine. Women in Wine. Women in Wine. Sam Not- Ben Ruby has my favorite radio voice. Yes. It's the best. The best. Um, he kicked off that series with Beth Novak Milliken. Um, she is part of a multi generational uh, women woman owned winery. I believe it's called Spots Spotwood. Um, and you can listen Spotswood, um, and you can listen to that and stay tuned all June long for more interviews with women winemakers and women in the wine industry. That's super exciting. Um, and on Andrew Talks a Chef this week, he spoke with uh, two all stars, Ruth Rogers and Ryan Tate. Um, Ruth Rogers is of the famed London restaurant River Cafe, um, and they. Sorry, and and then Ryan Tate is, I guess, notorious for breaking the sound barrier. Sorry, he just. <laughs> I'm sorry, I am having trouble reading today. Um, excuse me, he just had plates put into his arm after breaking his humerus. So hopefully that doesn't affect his how many, cooking. How many Negronis have you had today, Hannah? <laughs> I haven't had any. Well, um, that's a crime. <laughs> Hopefully it doesn't affect his sense of humor. <laughs> I know, right? Uh, oh my hey, God. Where's that but on yeah. wow. but um, sorry, sorry. <laughs> Come on, sound effects. The writer's I've got the, right. the news music yeah. playing. I can't do, also do the, <laughs> the right. shot. We're, well, we're strapped for cash here. Those are just a few of our headlines. There's a lot of great content on the network this month, but we just wanted to point out a few of those, um, those shows. So we're going to move on to announcements now. Yeah. Um, this is an event that I am really excited about. It's going to be on June 21st. And if you've ever wondered what goes on in the HRN offices, um, it's going to be held on our rooftop at 100 Bogart, which is our co-working building just around the corner from the studio. And the event is called Changing the Conversation. And it's a really just incredible panel of uh, game changers in the food world who are going to be talking about how to make space um, for women, people of color, and the LGBTQ community in the food world. Um, We have a range of speakers from food writers to two of our very wonderful hosts, Sari Kamen and Korsha Wilson. Um, And we also have writers and farmers, so we're really excited. You can um, find more information on our Facebook page uh, or on Eventbrite. Uh, Tickets are $20 for the general public and $10 for HRN members. So if you're not a member, make sure to get that taken care of. Yes. Another event that I wanted to point out is that um, on June 28th, that's a Thursday, I am going to be over at MOFAD in conversation with Mark Kurlansky, um, who you may know as the author of Cod and Salt and a lot of these really incredible, you know, spanning epic food histories. Um, He just released a new book called Milk, a 10,000 year food fracas. And it talks about the history of the world through the lens of dairy. And it's super fascinating. And I've just finished reading the book and writing a lot of questions that I have for him. And so um, come watch me ask him all of those questions (laughs) on Thursday, June 28th at 6.30 p.m. You can go to mofad.org for tickets. Yes. Can't wait. 
Um, and of course, the most exciting news of the week, we have a new episode of our show Meet and Three coming out tomorrow afternoon. Um, this episode is about water. It's called Water Woes. And as we all know, water is a topic that we all need to pay more attention to. Um, so we're going to have some really, really fun stories coming your way. So make sure you are subscribed to Meet and Three so that you can hear the newest episode. Yes. Hannah has a really jarring report about what's going on inside New York City water tanks. Yeah, I have two words for you. Squirrel martini. <laughs> to learn more, <laughs> tune in tomorrow to Meet and Three. Is that extra dry or what? Oh, it's extra dry. <laughs> is it dirty? Is it a dirty <laughs> oh, water it is. Oh, yeah, that was you the have, obvious joke. Yeah, just wait. <laughs> you you have no idea how dirty. You've got some cockroach legs. You've got some Ooh. fungus. It's mm. just... New York is a great place to be in the summer. Stay hydrated. Mm. Yeah. Not just for breakfast anymore. <laughs> exactly. Stay dirty, New York. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Whoa. So those are our announcements and our events coming up. Um, so, Catherine, I want to start with you. Um, first of all, you're in town for a really cool event coming up this weekend. Tell us a little bit about it. Yes, it's an event for the Food Writers Workshop, which has just launched its a series of talks and panels and workshops, of course. So the one that uh, they're doing on Sunday is basically about, like, how to have a food podcast. So I think it's for people who are interested in the podcasting realm, which includes a lot of print journalists who are like, "Uh oh, <laughs> what's next? Yeah, exactly. Better look into <laughs> podcasting, which is good. It's where they should be looking to yeah. next. So I'm really excited about that. And it's all women on the panel, which is cool. Yeah, it's so, awesome. Yeah. Uh, you're on the panel. Sari Kamen of Food mm-hmm. Without Borders here on Heritage is going to be moderating. Yes. And then another one of the panelists is Kathy Irway, who is one of our original hosts for... I mean, close to 10 years now, she hosts Eat Your Words. So I can't wait to meet her. Yeah. So I mean, she's been doing this before podcasting was like a thing. Right. Before people even knew the term. Yeah. <laughs> you rarely have to explain what that word means anymore. It's great. <laughs> yeah. We're moving up in the world. Um, so tell us a little bit about your podcast, Smart Mouth. So Smart Mouth is a food history podcast. So usually what happens is in every episode, um, there's a new one every Wednesday. Uh, I have a guest for every episode. And beforehand, I ask what their favorite foods are. And I research them and I find out which one has like the most compelling backstory. And that's the one that we talk about. So usually I present like the facts and the history and then they talk about their anecdotes and growing up having that dish and all that kind of stuff. So it's kind of a way in to get to know the guests, which is cool. I have some people of note on it, which is fun. So I really like doing it. And I think people accidentally learn a lot. Cool. Who are some of your favorite guests? Um, Andrea Wynn, who wrote the pho cookbook. Mm -hmm. She's amazing. And that was an episode where my guest knew so much more than me. She really flipped the tables, which was great. She knows so much about Vietnamese food. And then Jacques Pepin, obviously. (gasps) So great. Yeah. We didn't talk about a specific food with uh, him because we actually, I interviewed him at the Four Seasons in Pasadena in a ballroom. And he walked in and he was carrying a bottle of rosé. And he was like, do you mind if we drink rosé while I talk to you? And I was like, obviously not. This is everything I've worked for. That's the stuff of dreams. Yeah, it totally was. And so I like scrapped talking about any particular food and he just told me about his life. He remembers like growing up under the Nazi regime in France and mm. then moving to New York and meeting his wife on the ski slopes. And like, he's just, he's lived a life My, yeah. and he's still kicking. He has a whole foundation. He's amazing. I could go on. Did so. you learn what his favorite food is though prior to, I'm just so curious. No, because he's someone who you can't ask a lot of questions of beforehand. Mm. He's a busy man. Okay. <laughs> that makes sense. Yes. That makes sense. So I was going to do apricots because he actually talks about remembering eating apricots for the first time on his grandmother's farm and stuff. But then it was like, nah, just tell me about you. Perfect. That's yeah. great. <laughs> um, Brian, I want, for people who have, 
our maybe newer audience members of Heritage Radio Network, um, you go way, way back with um, our organization and our founder specifically. So can you tell us a little bit about how you got involved here? Yeah. Uh, Patrick Martins had a, had a dream. Um, he wanted to start a, a great <laughs> thank you. start. Um, Boy, that sounds so dramatic. The man, the myth, the legend. Yeah, this is uh, we. This is just going to be like rehearsals, by the way, Cat. Okay. The way we rehearse this. No, um, <laughs> Patrick had this dream. He said, "Hey, he says Brian, um, I'd like to start a radio network that is based on the truth." Hmm. I'm like, "Wow, okay. What do you need?" Well. We need some money to get shipping containers. <laughs> but Alice Waters said she'll pay for the rooftop garden. So I got the money to get the containers. And, um, and you know, we su- I supported it through Hearst and Hearst Ranch Beef as long as we could. And, mm-hmm. um, it's been great to see the, and I'm a subscriber of Meet and Three. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Me too. Yeah. And uh, I'm excited about that. But I... I love the energy and uh, that comes off this network and all the shows, and um, it's exactly what I think needed to be done. Mm-hmm. So it's just like everything that Patrick does, there's always a level of outrageousness and righteousness, and it's in the perfect balance. I am Patrick Martins. Hey, Patrick. <laughs> <laughs> So, um, yeah, it's it's really cool to be here, and I just want to thank you for having me. Of course. Oh, you're, I mean, you're welcome anytime. You know Thanks. that. You, yeah. I mean, you were you helped put the shipping containers where we're sitting. Yeah, so. You're grandfathered in. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah, and I w- came a- here with Steve Hurst uh-huh. to Roberta's when, you know, this was, what, eight years ago? How long's the network been Almost around? ten. Almost ten. Okay, yeah. so it was almost ten years ago, and he thought, he said, you... He says, shit, this is what it's come to? You took me out here to have me bumped off? <laughs> no. <laughs> like a dirt pit. We had a pork one. chop that they cooked in the, in the um, one of the Berkshire pork chops they cooked in the oven and cracked an egg on top of it. I was still drinking mm. in those days, and I was very hungover, <laughs> and we had a pitcher of beer and a pork chop for breakfast and came out here, and Patrick said, this is going to be the network we're going to broadcast from here. And so then... I did a number of rejoins. Um, I didn't bring my guitar this trip, but maybe in the fall, come back and do it. I did rejoins for every show. Yes. I like to do that periodically if I can. Bring it back. It's very cool. So I'm really excited to be here, and it's good to meet everybody. Yeah. Likewise. Um, So in in those early days when you kind of first made this connection with Patrick and signed on to help with this project, what was it about... Hearst Ranch and your story that like made sense to fit fit in with Heritage Foods and then Heritage Radio Network. Well, um, Hearst Corporation is the largest privately held communications company in the world, but the roots of the company go back to mining, timber, livestock, and land. And the Hearst Ranch in San Simeon, where the Hearst Castle is. Uh, which is a state park, state of California park, um, was founded in 1865. I've been fortunate to to work with the outfit for 12 years. And when I took over the beef company, Hearst Ranch Beef, I was struck by the fact that we're doing things the same way that they were largely in 1865. The company became a communications company when George Hurst, who was a senator of California, Diane Feinstein, holds his seat now, 
he won the San Francisco Examiner in a poker game. <laughs> and his son, William Randolph, uh, went to Harvard and, and didn't matriculate um, and want, <laughs> want, needed something to do. And he wanted to run. They had a million-acre ranch in Mexico, and William Randolph Hearst wanted to run that. And his dad said no. <laughs> and there was some back and forth, I'm sure. And he ended up with the, the examiner and got into the publishing business in 1890. So for me, running a grass-fed beef company having an opportunity to help start a media platform, it kind of felt like the, and my own personal story with Hearst, I, I went to UC Berkeley, I studied Greek and Roman archaeology, I worked at the Hearst Museum of Anthropology, left graduate school, got into software engineering, then got into agriculture, came to Hearst to run an ag enterprise, ended up getting back into technology, and now I'm director of collections and archives. So I'm in charge of a museum, basically. Wow. So it's been, you know, full circle. Yeah. So it's been a theme. So the, uh, to, to answer, I gave you the long answer. <laughs> the short answer is because it just made sense. Mm-hmm. We were doing grass-fed beef. It's countercultural. Certainly 10 years ago, it was a lot less well understood. And the opportunity to ally with an organization that's representing and very highly philosophically aligned with us. Mm -hmm. Like so many things I've been fortunate to do in business, I've been able to take disparate groups of people that you would not think fit together. In the most recent case, um, we do business with Whole Foods in Southern California. So cowboys and Whole Foods people, Mm -hmm. you know, vegans (laughs) and, and cowboys. So, to get these groups aligned and 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 find the philosophical common ground, it was easy with heritage, because mm-hmm. Patrick and Steve hit it off from the first time they met, and um, that's how we like to do business. So you know, it was it was really easy. Um, obviously, there's a lot of work that's gone into you guys doing getting things to where they are now, but you know, I'm really proud of that and uh, real proud of you guys. So. Thanks. Yeah. I mean, we, we obviously wouldn't be here where we are now if the shipping containers had never existed. And that's humbling. So <laughs> yeah. thank you. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, we're going to take a really quick break in a moment, and then we're going to come back, ask a few more questions, and then we have a little bit of trivia for you guys. I can't wait. Be right back. <laughs> This is the story of men and women who shed not only their clothes, but also their... Today's program is brought to you by Whole Foods Market. From papayas and samosas to reishi mushrooms, if it's something that sounds delicious, chances are you'll find the freshest, best version of it at Whole Foods Market. They have more than 400 stores across the country, so if you consider pizza its own food group or just can't imagine when avocado toast wasn't a thing... Whole Foods Market has you covered. Visit WholeFoodsMarket.com to find a store near you. Whole Foods Market. Whatever makes you whole. All right, we are back with HR and Happy Hour. Um, Our guests are Catherine Spires and Brian Kinney. And they're both from California. I love that we're taking over. I know. <laughs> West, Co- West Coast versus East Coast. Well, West Coast, Best Coast. I don't know if you've heard that, but it's an actual East, fact. I've never East heard Coast, it. Don't, get me, Coast. don't get me started. I'm sorry. <laughs> Do not even get me started. Oh, no. I'm just quoting somebody. 
The views of this voice do not necessarily reflect the views of management. Um, so, Catherine, what are some things coming up on Smart Mouth that people can look forward to? So, I've actually been going on a lot of trips recently. So, doing some on-location reporting. Um, and, uh, let's see, North Santa Barbara County. So, actually talking to a lot of cattle ranchers. Yeah. Who kind of do the same. It's an area where people are really doing grass-fed yeah. and trying Los, to be... Yeah, all of those. Yeah, and, exactly. Yeah. Sustainability. So talking a lot about a lot of those issues, actually. And then I'm off to Nevis in the Caribbean Ooh. next month. So I'm going to talk to like mango farmers there, which is really cool. I love talking to farmers because their point of view is one that's they often aren't interviewed directly in food media. Do you need so. an engineer to travel with you? <laughs> you wish. <David> loves <laughs> mangoes. <laughs> is that what he loves? <laughs> well, that's, that's so I in line, too, to with what... That's like very in line with what Patrick... Patrick Martin's original mm-hmm. vision for Heritage Heritage Radio Network was is because he agreed. He thought that the people that needed to be interviewed and uh, about the food system were the ones that people were ignoring. Yeah, so absolutely, that's great. I feel like I'm doing a tiny, tiny West Coast version of what you guys are doing too. It's very similarly philosophically aligned. Yeah. like let's get in there. Yay. Yes, it's <laughs> awesome. Um, and since you are doing this workshop this weekend about how to create a food podcast, mm-hmm. do you have any like? snippets words of wisdom if someone's like they they decide they want to start a food podcast yeah figure out what your point of view is have a point of view be very aware of where you stand on like all the food justice issues don't just talk about like the flashy new places that are opening we've got websites and such for that find something different find something bigger to talk about Mm -hmm. that's great that's great advice yeah Yeah, because there's a lot of noise (laughs) yeah exactly cut through it have something better to say or more interesting Yeah. yeah Um, one of the people that you were just visiting was John Cox, right? Yes, yes. Brian, do you know John Cox? He's in Lo- Los Olivos. Mm-hmm. The Baron Star restaurant. Oh, yeah, I've heard of it. Yeah. I've never met him. Mm-hmm. I, went He's, to- I met him in um, Colorado last year at Slow Food, but, and his restaurant is very high on my bucket list. It oh, was wow. very, very good. And also he took me to the ranch, and I got to pet a bull named <gasps> Bubba. A bull. I didn't know that was a thing you could do and live to tell the tale. I didn't either. (laughs) (laughs) It turned out they actually bought him to be a rodeo bull, but they accidentally bought a real Ferdinand of an animal. So he just likes to sit around and like the kids are, it's like safe for the kids to be around him and stuff. Oh, that's unique. I know. For sure. For sure. It was great. I loved it. (laughs) That should be a movie. (laughs) Oh, it'd be so cute. Um, and Brian, I also wanted to get you to explain a little bit more too about about Hearst Ranch and the fact that it is a it's a land grant. That's a conservation easement. Conservation um, yeah. easement. What is that, and why is that unique and special? Well, what it means um, what it means is that the Hearst Corporation sold the development rights for the property, eighty three thousand acre ranch, the San Simeon Ranch. Ranch of Piedra Blanca. So it's going to be a ranch forever. Mm-hmm. So one of the things that attracted me to, the, to that job that brought me into the company running Hearst Ranch Beef is that we needed to build a business model that scales to forever. So what what that means simply is that you need to build a cattle production system or methodology that fits the natural cycles of a piece of ground. So it's sustainable agriculture at its root. And so um, that has turned into a seasonal grass-fed beef program in our food shed, Southern California. Um, With Whole Foods, it's a very cool partnership. 
and uh, they've been a tremendous outfit to work with. And um, I feel like we're we're the goal of anything that I've ever done in business is to partner with everybody that we're doing business with and have everybody win. Mm-hmm. And this has been a great example of it. So that Whole Foods has the ability to sell a product like ours seasonally, mm-hmm. which is most retailers would never do that. We pitched it like sockeye salmon. Right. You know, there's a, there's a run in the summer and mm-hmm. the grass is seasonal, the beef seasonal. So I think it's still, I think it's still the only program of its kind mm-hmm. um, that I believe that we fulfill their brand promise with what we're doing. So there's a win for them. It's a win for their customers. It's a win for us. And so that's the, that's the magic. It's helping educate people too about seasonality of beef. Yeah, I think so. And I think it's helped. um, I think it's helped educate people about the, what cowboys do and what cattle are. And, and I think we confound expectations, which is always important to me. Yeah. So it's been uh, a real honor to be involved with it. Well, you guys make it very appealing to go to California. I'll say that. I'm like, when is my next trip? And the thing is, we're not lying. It actually is that good. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to hear it. Okay, well, you, I just have one other thing to drop because I, I ran into a chef named Daniel Sharp who's at the meatball shop. Uh-huh. He's from Sacramento, California, and uh, just had a uh, lunch with him, this late lunch this afternoon. And so I'm struck by... Californians, I think the beauty of the California sensibility, and I'm a fourth generation Californian, so my people just ran out of land to run across. Mm-hmm. They got to the water and they're like, eh, I think my great great grandpa was like, okay, I'm not doing that again. I'm tired. Yeah, so the, there's a, a thing that happens in California. People get out there, and the gold rush is indicative of it. But one of the things I love about New York, especially, is to me the American dream feels different here. Mm-hmm. I see a different kind of diversity. I see people coming here because they have a dream that they want to catch. And in, and the one indictment I'd say of the California lifestyle as it is now is that the American dream seems very digital. And oh yeah, it's really I see that. for me being tied to the land of California. Um, it's that's disappointing. So I find I get invigorated out here when I meet mm-hmm. people and Lyft drivers or whatever that have incredible stories about where they've been and that they're here now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And and regardless of what the political winds are in the country, I firmly believe that the reason that this country exists is for great people from other places to come here and do great things. So that I haven't felt so much in California lately. I feel really strongly here in New York City. I feel a little more tied to it because my mom's parents were both immigrants to California. Oh, wow. So I still feel, and they're still alive, so I feel the sense of, like, yes, people come here. Mm-hmm. And yeah. They live their lives, and they have yeah. better lives. And where were they from? Germany during the Holocaust. Oh, wow. <laughs> so it was a big deal. That's amazing. Yeah, and then my grandma was actually um, born in Hawaii when it was still a territory. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. That wow. That's really cool. And I think I'm cognizant of the fact that I feel like a Merle Haggard song. Are the good times really over for good? I mean, it's a natural thing, and I'm cognizant of it. So hearing your story, that reminds me that it's not just out here. So Yeah, thank sure. you. Yeah. Oh, that's lovely. A, yeah, it's a perfect counterbalance. It's so sweet. 
so lovely. Okay, well, we have a, just a few trivia questions for you both really quick, and then we're going to wrap up, and we need to do this again very soon because this was delightful. Um, okay, so the first question is about L.A. Um, L.A. is the only major city in the U.S. that's bisected by what? Oh, oh no. A paved river? I know. <laughs> oh, that was a good, say, good guess. River, I'm going to say bisected by freeway? Is that what they're A asking? fault line? It's an, it's a natural formation. Oh. Well, I think maybe we just got our answer from the booth. Is it? I don't know. What did you say, David? Is it a fault a line? A fault line? Uh, I mean, that's mountain range. That's, yeah, there you yeah. go. There you go. <laughs> I got a little help with that one. Yes. Um, it separates the L.A. Basin. First try. Yeah, right, 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 right. With no help. <laughs> we'll edit it. Uh, it separates the L.A. No, Basin and extends down through South L.A. to the port of L.A. From the San Fernando Valley, which yeah. contains an equally large section of the city of Los Angeles, broken into 29 individual named communities, each larger than many cities. Yes. And, you know, the valley gets a lot of crap from people. And I just want to say that it's actually worth visiting. It's interesting. It's not, like, gorgeous. Uh-huh. It's all strip malls. But that's what we do in L.A. Right. We build little cardboard boxes and then have <laughs> fascinating things go on in them. <laughs> <laughs> that's a really generous way of putting fiction. it. I saw Pulp Fiction. I know what happens out there. <laughs> Uh, okay, this one's for you, Brian. Yes. Uh, so you mentioned what you did in school, and you're very into Greeks and Romans. Um, so, oh God, here's the here's the question <laughs> for you: What did Roman physicians recommend to aid various ailments, including epilepsy and infertility? Well, I mean, it depends on the physician, but lead was one of the things. Okay, I believe you, but it's not the <laughs> yeah. answer that I have. Okay, that's okay. <laughs> Go ahead. Um, the answer I have is gladiator blood. Oh, Ooh. well, and also gladiator sweat oh. because the gladiators uh, performed with oil on them. Okay. And the, and the gladiators that lost died. Usually the gladiators that won did, you know, they lived to see another day, but their sweat would be scraped off with the oil and the dirt and everything else oh, blood. And it was sold as an aphrodisiac. Do you wow. apply it topically? Hey, you're welcome. Uh, I don't know. I, I I don't know if you apply it topically. I'm not sure exactly. The Latin was not clear. Right, right. With what they did They with just it. assumed it was a given. Yeah, like, gladiator was, oil. Duh. Yeah, you know everyone knows it? what to do yeah, with it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I don't, I'm sorry. I kind of big leagued your trivia question. That's so oh, no. I feel like you should probably write our trivia. nothing less. <laughs> Wait, and did it, was like, if it was a dead gladiator's oil, was it cheaper than a I don't champion? Think, I wow. think, I don't think people, I mean, honestly, I don't. I'm guessing that they didn't want the gladiator oil from the dead ones yeah, because that's why would you, loser oil. Right, right. Who wants that? Who wants loser oil? Yeah. No one wants that, no. yeah. So that'd be cut rate. That is one of the more perverted things I've heard recently. It was a pretty perverse <laughs> culture yes. in a lot of ways. Yes. But again, you know, you think about... I've heard worse. <laughs> Just recently. <laughs> so have I. Today. This is a family show, David. Yeah. But the, you think about the times, um, the... Roman Empire was largely a welfare state in a lot of ways mm. and so they had they had real problems with civil unrest and the whole concept of bread and circus mm-hmm. right. goes back to that so right. um but it yeah it was I think the people that look at that as a pure time haven't done their homework <laughs> they haven't tried gladiator they have <laughs> They're actually they're making it out here in in Bushwick. Oh, yeah, 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 I think I know a guy. Yeah. <laughs> it's local. Oh God, Patrick's, okay. Patrick's making it. You can only pay pay for it with bitcoins. <laughs> <laughs> 
All right. Our last question is not so much a question. Well, it is a question. I'm going to pose it to each of you. So, Catherine, you went to uh, USCB. Is that right? UCSB. 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 Yes, just Sorry. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Dyslexic. Um, and Brian, you went to Berkeley. Yeah. Okay. So I'm going to give you each 30 seconds and you have to convince us which school's better. Catherine, do you want to go first? Oh, UCSB yeah. is right on the ocean. Oh. Yeah, that's I'm- good. <laughs> well, I would say UC Berkeley was founded as the Harvard of the West. Uh, Phoebe Apperson Hurst, who was the first woman regent at UC and responsible for getting women into UC, the UC system, was one of the early benefactresses of it. I think we have the highest number of Nobel Prizes of any oh, UC. No. I was going to say, that's not true. And I went there. <laughs> Okay, well, uh, maybe it's not true, you know, but I said it. Yeah, yeah, so good enough. Well, what's funny is that um, UCSB apparently does, and it's all in the sciences, because everyone sleeps on UCSB's science program because they think of it as a party school. I would never but, sleep on that science program. Really? No, it's formidable. Okay, so, yeah. yeah. Well, I'm glad somebody knows it. And I wouldn't I say the best. I mean, when you look, I would say the UC system's the best. It's a great it's strength system. in numbers. Yeah, look that at is the alum. I'm jealous of, yeah. Look yeah. at the alums it's put out. I know a ton of people. J- other than just us. Yeah, yeah. really Im- impressive people. Other <laughs> We're than batting us. a thousand in this room, so <laughs> love it. You know that is very West Coast of us to be like they're both great. Exactly. <laughs> school. That didn't go as competitively. They're just too nice out there. <laughs> We're like we'll really get them going and figure it out. I came out charge of it. Catherine's really nice. <laughs> So there was no pushback. I know. Just, I'm like, forget it. Also, I don't care. I mean, I just <laughs> went there for a while. <laughs> well, they're they're lucky to have had you. Oh, thank you. Oh, that's so nice. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm so sad that this has to end, but Never um, end. come <laughs> come back again soon. Um, thanks once again to Brian Kenny of Hearst Ranch and Catherine Spires of the podcast Smart Mouth. Um, thank you to Ariha, our new intern. Hannah Forden, David Tadashore. Um, congrats again to Katie on her 40 under 40 for food policy in New York City. We're super proud of her. Um, and make sure that you subscribe to Meet in 3, our new show. We're so proud of it, and we hope that it gives you a little boost of great food news every single week. And also some things in it are really funny. So you'll definitely be entertained and educated. Um, and... Tune in to HR and Happy Hour every Thursday at 5 p.m. We will be back next week. Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network food radio supported by you for our freshest content and to hear about exclusive events subscribe to our newsletter enter your email at the bottom of our website heritageradionetwork.org connect with us on facebook instagram and twitter at heritage underscore radio heritage radio network is a non-profit organization driving conversations to make the world a better fairer more delicious place and we couldn't do it without support from listeners like you Want to be a part of the food world's most innovative community? Rate the shows you like, tell your friends, and please join our community by becoming a member. Just click on the beating heart at the top right of our homepage. Thanks for listening.
HRN Happy Hour is powered by Simplecast. Simplecast is a popular hosting and analytics platform that allows podcasters to easily host and publish to apps like Apple Podcasts. If you have a podcast or are looking to create your very first, check it out. Try it for free and save half off your first three months at simplecast.com forward slash heritage.